amazing that somebody like me, and you know, if I can be gracious, someone like you is called a friend of God Almighty. Isn't that just amazing? That's amazing. Please take your seats. So good to see you today. Thank you for coming to BCC. Really great to have you here in church. We'd rather you be here uh, at the best time, but you know, you're here and we love you. You know what? Dreaming. Are you one of those people who dream? You've got something that's on your mind and you can see the future and you're thinking, that's my dream. Martin Luther King stood on the steps of the Capitol building and in 16 minutes, 11 seconds, he gave a speech that changed the world. He told us great truths like, it would not be the color of your skin, but the content of your character that would be the real judge. He changed the world and something shifted. But do you remember his most famous phrase in that, in that uh, speech? He said, I have a dream. And in many ways, that dream, we've seen great progress. But I guess we would all admit, and I know there are people in this building who have suffered from some racial slur and inequality. And to some degree, we would all say, we changed lots, but we've still got some way to go, haven't we? Don't you agree, church? When I look at what's going on in Myanmar right now, that's just criminal. And yet, racial equality, we have a dream. Some of us might even ask ourselves, you know, dreaming, is it really worth it? Is it really worth having a dream at all? What about you? Have you given up on dreaming? If we were to do a scriptural survey, the Bible is actually a little bit mixed about people who dream. I guess we're a bit like Joseph. You know, Joseph, the dreamer in the Old Testament, we don't really want to say our dream in case we're misunderstood that we're some kind of upstart or some proud person who's trying to say something and, and, and might not be ready yet. You know, in Numbers chapter 12, the Bible says that, that the prophets will always speak to you through a dream. And when I say the word dream today, I'm talking about either a dream that you have in your sleep, something that's directional for your life from God, or an aspiration that you think, or a, or a goal that God has put in your, in your heart, that you're saying, that's from God, and I want to move forward in it. You know, in Ecclesiastes 12 verse, uh, 5 verse 3, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 3, it actually says, beware of dreamers, because it's a cover-up for their own laziness or their own unsettledness. And have you ever met people like that where they're always dreaming because they're not settled at anything really? I'm really glad though, and I guess you would be really glad, uh, that I am so glad that the parent carer of Jesus was warned in a dream to take him away to Egypt to keep him safe. I'm really glad for that dream. 
And you know, in Psalm 126, it tells us of what it's like when there's a breakthrough in a dream. It says this, you know it. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said amongst the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And the Lord and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping and crying with their seed to sow, they'll be returning with songs of joy, carrying their sheaves with them. And what the psalmist is describing is, is when you've waited, and when you've waited, and God suddenly comes through and breaks through, we're like those who dreamed. We're filled with laughter. We're filled with joy because God has come through on our dream. I wonder if you will be like that. And of course... When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says this, And afterwards, I will pour out my Spirit on everyone. And your sons and your daughters will what? Prophesy. And your old men will do what? Dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. You know what this tells me? Is that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that we'll be filled with direction and we'll be filled with dreams and visions of how we can go forward in the future. So bring on the prophets and the seers, I say. Bring on the people who are not afraid to dream. I think we're about where the Bible is with dreaming. I think we're, we don't want to be those lazy people who have always got a big dream and yet never got any work in them. But I know there are people here who want the incredible touch of God, who want the vision of God to say, I want to give you your future. Is anybody with me on that? Can we have some people who have given up on dreams? No. I want to ask you, in your effort to get through life and to survive, and there's nothing wrong with being a nine-to-five regular guy, but have you given up on dreaming? Have you given up and you're just sick of it, actually? You want to just get on and get by and make it to the next wages packet, to the next salary to the next check and that you've just said you know what all this talk about dreaming I wonder today if I could arrest you a little bit and get you to step back and even if you don't have a big dream or a, or a dream that changes the world I believe you will change the world don't you? can I hear an amen everyone? but even if you're not that person that that wants to forge ahead, could I get you today to simply step back and say, I want something to happen of God in my life. I want progress. I want progress, Lord. What if we stopped your life right now and put it on pause? What if we, you know, 
just like, have you got Sky TV? Anybody? Are you posh enough to have a Sky? Has anybody got Sky? Does anybody want to admit that? Who's got Sky? Anybody? You got Sky? Oh, bless you, brother. The Lord's led you to that. When I grew up, we had four channels. In fact, when I grew up, we had three channels. And Channel 4 came. I remember the start of BBC 2. And then I wasn't even going, don't you smile at me, Ines. They didn't even have BBC 2 when you started your television. <laughs> Who's got Sky TV? You can press it right in the middle of, a, of an action scene, football, whatever, and it goes pause. You can go off, make a cup of tea, come back. It's at the same place. Are you with me on the concept of pause? What if God right now put your life pause? Stop. Next frame. We don't know what's coming. What's going to happen next? Has God put you just on the square where you're going to turn over a card and you don't know it, but you're going to get an acceleration. And when the pause button goes off, you think the next frame is predictable, but God is going to say, excuse me, I've unpressed pause, and you're suddenly jumping. If we stopped your life, what would be about to happen? How would you protect all the prayer investment that you've already done? How would you capitalize on everything that you've already put in? What do we need to do together to ensure that when prose is unpressed, that you have the right direction? That actually good soil is there? What about... How would we create an environment in your life that if God wanted to drop in the very next frame a new dream, a new direction, that even after this meeting that God downloaded something new, that that would land in good soil and it would work. What do we need to do to do that? Pause. I'll come back to you. But I've decided that I'm in a new season. I believe God's told us, me and Kathy, as we were going through our 40th wedding anniversary, God has definitely said it's a new season for you. And I noticed something. Just put the next slide on. You know, this is some old guy who does a bit of running now and again. And if you notice towards the end, his pace goes down. And God spoke to me through this diagram. He said, I don't want any slacking off of pace. I, I, I want you to, you know, it's just natural to slow down. But actually, you can, you can be the sort of person that keeps in a momentum and an effect up. Just put the next slide on. You see, I'm tired. Look at that. So, so we started working on the end, end of the race and the, and the pace has gone up. Sure, it's a little bit slower than earlier. But listen, let me tell you, this is what God spoke to me about, about us. I am so tired 
of hearing about a revival in 1931. It's 2017. I want to see it again. I want to say, do it again, Lord. Now, I love the fact that, that this part, that God really moved, but I want to see this part moving. Who's with me? Anybody else? Amen. It's really important that you understand that when we talk about things, I, I know that some of you come and you receive for you, and that's great. But what about us as a group, as a collective? You know, I have banned the, the practice that I've done lots of time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know that favorite part of my message when you love to do that? I've banned it. I'm not doing it for a while. But you know the heart behind that is to, for you to hear that when you come to church, it isn't just about you. It's about us together. And we have to buy in and own our church in such a way so that we say, we're not slacking off, Lord. That actually, we want you to move so much. I wonder if church could finish stronger than it's done before. That we could actually pick up the pace together. I wonder whether we could say, instead of this just being a place I go to and I get a bit of teaching... I wonder if we could dream together about this place. What a great service this is. What a great move of God we're having. What a great enthusiasm and people coming for healing. Isn't that great? Is there any other place you could go to on a Sunday morning? And that could happen. I'm sure there'll be other churches having great stuff. But you can't find this on the television, on the political programs on Sunday morning. You need to be here. But you know what? We need to pack this place out. Oh, hello. I don't want to put you under pressure. Although there are times when I think the saints today are, God forbid that we ever put under pressure about the work of God. And yet Jesus was under the pressure of the cross to purchase our salvation. And we're saying, oh, oh, pastor, don't put me under any pressure. And Jesus carried his cross, bled for us. That's pressure. But we need to pack this place out. Don't you agree? Now, is it my responsibility or our responsibility to pack this place out? Come on, everybody. Whose responsibility is it? It's ours. You know what we need to do here? We need to pack this place out so much so that building a balcony is not a nice thing. It becomes an absolute necessity because there are so many people who want to come to the house of God. Amen? Come on, church. Come with me in a minute. Work with me a bit today. Come and dream with me about our church today. Wouldn't it be great if this place was so filled that we spilled and we planted another campus because we just couldn't get everybody in here. Wouldn't that be a great dream? Or is it me just being crazy? Am I just on my own on this lonely platform, crazily dreaming about the things that God might do, not just in my life, but amongst us? Somebody smile at me and say, you're not crazy. 
Somebody don't tell me that. I want to be crazy. I want to have a dream whereby it's too much to handle. Wouldn't it be great if we spilled out somewhere else? Somebody say amen before I start crying. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be just great if chains of slavery in our city were broken? You know, we had a person who'd been trafficked in our offices the other day. Trafficked into forced labor. And we've been able to establish her in a new flat and got some things for her. And the person who was asking me for things, they don't know me well. And they asked me for one thing, I said yes. Two things, yes. Three things, yes. What they didn't realize was, if they'd asked me for 20 things, I would have said yes. They just stopped asking. Because I just have a heart today to say to you, wouldn't it be great if Birmingham was known as a slave-free city? Wouldn't that be a great dream? What about the the slavery of debt? What about if debt was cancelled and people learnt how to do that? You see, can I just dream for a little bit? And can you dream with me about us? Because when your life is placed off pause, there will be something that you have to do in order to make all of our dreams come true. How does the incredible happen, though? How does it happen in a church? How does it happen in a city? It's the same as how a cake happens with ingredients. It's the same as how a building goes up with foundations. Your dreams need a structure. Your personal dream needs a structure. It's going to need some definite practices and growth to keep it on, ta- on track. You see, Jesus laid a foundation. You can see it on the screen. He said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And, with... and this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now look at this. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. You see, the startling thing is, is that everything hangs on this. Everything that God had said beforehand, this is not negotiable teaching, this is foundational teaching. It cannot be ignored. You have to learn to dig into your relationship with God. You have to learn to say, my relationship with people is not some private affair, but it's something that I'm going to have to learn to be better about. If we're going to make progress, we're going to have to be loving God and loving people, and that has to have attention and become deeper in our lives. Have you ever noticed that some people have a massive dream, and yet they don't attend to the basics? You know, they want to run a marathon, but they don't do any training. They want to do a master, they want to be master chef, but they don't learn any kitchen basics. You know, they want to have a top flying career, but they don't get there on time. You know, 
we've all met people who, who say to themselves, I've got a big dream. And you look at their lives and you say to yourself, but what are you doing to make that dream happen? You see, you've got to move methodically along the square. And when you've been faithful, God accelerates you. Why would God accelerate someone who's going to waste that acceleration? Why would God do that? Some things are really complicated. They're really difficult. Pastor Nick's got a, a trailer tent. It baffles me. It's like a hotel on wheels. How he puts it together, I do not know. Well, I do know. He understands the basics. He, he knows the method of how to put that whole thing together. For those of you, this is your second language. The word contraption comes to my mind when I think of Pastor Nick's trailer tent. It's a machine. It's just not understandable to me. Some of you don't understand the, the game of cricket, do you, at all? Let me explain it to you. You have two sides, one out in the field and one in, and they are actually out. Each man that is in the side that goes out, and when he's out, he comes in, and the next man goes in until he's out. Now, when they are all out, the side that's out comes in, and the side that's been in goes out and tries to get those coming in out. Sometimes you get men who are still in, but they are not out. Now, when a man goes out to go in, the man who are out try and to get him out. And when he is out, he goes in, and the next man in goes out and goes in. And there are two men called umpires who stay out all of the time, and they decide when those who are in are really out. When both sides have been in and all the men have been out and both sides have been out twice after all the men have been in, including those who are not out, this is the end of the game. Simple. Now, if you listen that back on our bcc.life website, you will find that is a completely accurate description of the name of the game cricket. But here's the truth. In the midst of what seems your very complicated life, you're going to have to pay attention to some key areas. You're going to have to pay attention to some foundational spokes some habits, some practices that take life from the center of Jesus out to your life. You can make anything complicated, but over the next few weeks, we're going to just look at some key habits. And if you will pay attention to them, you will make progress. Number one, we're going to look at your relationship to God and and see how you can deepen in your relationship to God. Some of us are overcomplicating our relationship to God. Number two, we're going to look at our relationships with each other. And we're going to try and deepen them, heal them, and bring them together. Number three, we're going to look at the spoke and the, and the habit of how we deal with our finances and our resources. 
Number four, we're going to look at, the, at our health, our body, soul, and spirit. How we keep that healthy. If you pay attention and guard your heart, which is the wellspring of life, you will progress. Number five, we're going to look at how we go about our work life. Whether we've got a job or whether we haven't got a job, we're going to seek God and say, God, will you use me in my work life? And number six, we're going to look at our ministry. Alicia told you earlier she felt called to the ministry. But did you know that God wants every one of us to have a ministry? And if you will look at these areas and honestly say, God, would you deepen me in that? Would you touch me in that? Your dream is about to be possible. You see in the film, Mission Impossible? I want to say, to put in your minds a phrase from this moment on, dream possible. Just close your eyes and say that to yourself. Dream possible. You see, this was one of those moments when I would be saying, turn to your neighbor and say, dream possible. But we're banning that now. But I want to say to you, Dream possible. Come on, say it out loud back to me. Dream possible. You see, if you will attend to these spokes, these key areas, your dream will come closer to you. You know, Nicky Gumbel, when he introduces the Alpha course, and Natalie, I wonder if the team could come back at the moment. Nicky Gumbel, when he introduces the Alpha Course, he says to people who are seeking God, he says, the course is 10 weeks long. Is it not worth investing 10 weeks to see if there could be a different type of life? I'm going to say the same to you today. Is it not in worth investing your time in BCC over the next six to seven, eight weeks Weaving in our guest speakers that you could say to yourself, I'm going to invest and learn because by the time I get to the back end of November, I want to know that I am progressing. Wouldn't that be worth it, BCC? So I want to ask you to be really keen about your attendance. I want to ask you to go to your life group or come on Wednesday nights because this is the season where we're going to stand on a square and then all of a sudden, God is going to turn it over and say, go forward. But you've got to pay attention to some details. Wednesday night is coming back big style. If you were at the Wednesday nights before, come out again. It will be worth investing your time in these areas. Because when you begin to say, Look, I look at these details. I look at these different spokes. You know what the Bible says? It says when you begin to do that, your, your marriage, your work life, and everything begins to flow and come together because you're attending to the basics. You know, there's a promise in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. It's an incredible promise. And we read it sometimes without really understanding the force of it, but it says this. That person, that person who's attending to their life. 
like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Look at this. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever you do, whether it's your work, whether it's your marriage, look at this person. That person has positioned themselves right. They're planted in the right place. Look at this person. That person is receiving streams of water. That person knows how to receive. Look at this person. He yields his fruit in season. He, he knows timings. She knows timings. She knows that she's got to be productive. Look at this person. Their leaf does not wither. They know how to have health and preserve themselves. Say this with me. Whatever they do, prospers. Whatever they do, prospers. I want us to prosper. Does that sound so out there? Does that not sound worth investing in, BCC? If you'll invest over the next few weeks, some change and some progress will be. So here's how we start. We start with our weakest area, our weakest spoke, our weakest connecting point to our life. And we ask God and say, I'm just admitting that I want your attention and help in that area. So are you ready? Would everybody please remain seated and bow your heads and close your eyes with me. You see, there'll be some of these areas that you're fine with. You, you may have a great relationship with God, but there might be an area where you think, oh, some of my relationships with people is, is really ropey. It's not good. You might have a great relationship with your finances and with your workplace, but your health is always a challenge. You might think, I just don't know what my ministry is. I'm going to ask you to make a, just a simple response. When I read out these areas again, I'm going to simply ask you to stand to your feet at the one where you think, God, I need your attention in this area. If you're here today and you would like to deepen your relationship to God, And learn some more things of how you could progress with God. Would you just please stand to your feet right now? If you're here today and there's a relational area in your life, a relationship with somebody that you just need to give to God, would you please just stand to your feet right now? We're not saying that you've sinned in these areas. You're just saying, God, I need some help in these areas. If you're here today and you're saying, God, I want to give you my finances. I want you to do something different in my finances. Would you please stand to your feet? Now, church, don't worry. I'm not going to call you to the front, actually. 
This is just your simple response. This is our only response today. If you're here today and you have a challenge in your health, whether that be body or in your emotions, in your mind, if you're concerned about something, would you just please stand to your feet and just say, God, I'm offering this to you. You're not confessing any sin. You're just saying, God, I need your help in this area. For those of you who've got, who are standing at the moment, just, just raise your hand and just say to God, I'm giving you that, Lord. I'm giving you that, Lord. If you're here today and you want to say to God God I need your help in my work situation I I need you to direct me and deepen me there I need you you might be looking for a job you might have a business but you're just saying God I want you to have attention to this area of my life would you please stand And the last spoke, the last area is perhaps you're saying to God, God, I don't really know my ministry fully and I want to. Would you direct me and deepen me in my ministry? Would you please stand? everybody in the house right now if you're comfortable doing it would you just simply raise your hands to God and would you just say to God Lord would you progress me progress me progress me Lord this is the end of our service But you know, these last few minutes could be really crucial for you. You see, I want to say to you, church, if you will invest in the next few weeks and if you will say, I am seriously going to give attention to my relationship with God and others, finances, health, work and ministry, your dream will come closer to you. And you will come closer to your dream. So Heavenly Father, would you protect our church now from distraction, from the things that may pull them away? And would you teach them how to invest in that area? Here's how we can close. For some of you, you might want some prayer. Please just make your way to the front about anything And we'll be happy to pray with you. But you know, we have communion here. And for some of you, the best thing you can do is with your family or or with your friend, instead of making church just so individual and it's about me, that you just come and just take communion. And make that your finishing point. That you say, God, I thank you that you died for me. I thank you that you have paid the price for my sins. I now thank you 
I give you my life. So Natalie and the team are just going to start singing. And I'm going to say, may the grace of God, the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all. God bless you, BCC. If you have to go, then fine. But if you would like some prayer or you would like to come and take communion, God bless you and come. And as the worship team lead us, we'll just worship with them. God bless you today.